Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for CEO Exclusive, brought to you by Anona Enterprises. Good morning and welcome to CEO Exclusive, where we get emerging trends from CEOs and their most trusted advisors. I'm your host, Soyini Koch. I know that you all love to hear about hot trends uh, like Bitcoin and and AI and things that we've been following very closely here on CEO Exclusive and talking to CEOs who are both using these technologies and, and also feeling the impact of them. And we're really committed to bringing you those emerging trends. The other thing, though, that I think is really important is to step back and really understand some of the implications of the shows that that we've been producing over the past few months. And as much as I love, and I know that you all love following all of the the technology trends and all of the the things that are happening that are so fast moving in your industries, I also think it's really important to consider some of the implications in the second part of the show that we discuss, where we discuss how you grow your businesses through your teams. On every show, we normally have two people, the CEO, who is our featured guest, and then somebody that has been supporting them in business, whether or not it's a colleague or employee, a partner, but somebody who has really made a difference for them. And on today's show, I want to step back and talk about how the culture and the cultures that you guys are trying to create in your businesses are, in many cases, very different from the cultural values that you espouse. And so today's show, I want to spend some time looking at the distance between what you say your cultural values are as a CEO and what shows up in reality in your business. Um, And there's a famous quote, I think it's from Dante's Inferno saying that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And as you well know, you know, in, in some cases, you know, you have these wonderful cultural values of trust and transparency and um, communication. And yet at the same time, you may b- walk by your water cooler and hear somebody gossiping about a fellow coworker, And that's just the reality of, of human nature. So I want to offer today some insights from the show and then also from um, outside experience and research as well about how you can, one, understand what that gap is, and then two, take some concrete steps to close the gap. Let's start off by just thinking about what what we mean by cultural values or core values. So in every show, we're going to, we talk with our CEOs and we ask them, you know, how are you growing your business through your team and, and through these relationships that are supporting you? And they'll often come back with answers like, you know, we, we really reinforce culture. Culture is really important. And I'll ask them what their cultural values are. And, you know, once again, they'll say, wonderful, beautiful things like, you know, we really espouse integrity, you know, things like that. Um, I want to point to one particular show with Dave Wallens, who was the CEO of Exploring Inc., a consortium of different companies that work um, in creating experiences for people at trade shows and big events. And one of the observations that Dave made on the show was that yeah, he had these great values. Like he really wanted to be available to his his employees. And in the show, he said he stepped back and he got honest with himself at some point when he was running his business. And he realized that that while he really wanted that to be the case, that that wasn't showing up. And so he took the step of hiring 
hiring Matt Kelly, who was also on the show with him, to make sure that those cultural values got reinforced. And he actually put a body on his executive team to, to reinforce the culture. And I think that that's very valuable for you as the CEO to sit back and have those honest conversations with yourself. But what I would advise as well is to take a more data-driven approach to understanding where you stand with regard to the reality of, of the culture in your company. So when I say data-driven approach, I mean actually doing research. And I know many of you have discussed doing employee satisfaction surveys, and you may do those on a periodic basis, whether once a year or um, I think some of you may do them much more frequently, may have um, kind of almost real-time employee satisfaction data gathering. And I think that that is distinct. Those questions like, you know, how engaged are you or, you know, what's your satisfaction with, with your experience at your firm? I think those, conver- those questions are very valid, but I think those are distinct from actually baselining what the culture is at your company. And so you may be using, you may be able to use the same tool, whether or not it's some sort of an ongoing survey, but I would suggest that you actually have questions specifically that probe for what your employees and people in your company think are the cultural values of your firm. And you can ask those questions a number of different ways. You can certainly ask them if they recognize and know whatever those cultural values are that you have on the wall in your in your team room or you have on the wall in your break room. But you may also ask them more authentic questions like if you were just going to say and describe the culture of our firm, what is it? And let people answer that question free form. And I think if you ask for people's authentic feedback, like what is your true experience of working at the firm and working at your organization, you'll get a, a better understanding of what your culture really is more than if you just ask people to kind of recite or parrot back whatever the cultural values are that, that um, you may be trying to reinforce from a top-down approach. But regardless, I would suggest both doing the kind of internal introspection, whether or not that's on your own or with your executive leadership about where you are with regard to your culture, and doing something that's more objective and data-driven, really, you know, getting, getting the data on where you are. Once you've done the data gathering and you understand the extent to which you're, what you're saying that you want the culture of your company to be is actually showing up in the day-to-day operations of your company. Once you get a sense of where you are, you know, maybe there are four or five cultural values that you espouse and you're doing great on three of them and two of them are not going as well as you'd like. I want to spend the rest of our time this morning together talking about, well, what are some specific methodologies and strategies that I've observed both on the show and then also in my work um, as a consultant in actually having those values show up. So what do you do? So, you know, there may be a gap in one or two places. What do you do? The best way, and I, and I know that you know this, but I think it's a great place to start to reinforce or to implement your cultural values is, is obviously through modeling. We talk a lot about that on CEO Exclusive. It's the cheapest, the fastest, and most reliable way for you to actually have your cultural values show up at your firm or your organization. You know, it's very culture is very much a conversation and it's very much monkey see, monkey do. So one, uh, my, one of my favorite examples of this, you know, how to model 
the cultural values that you want to show up in your company um, is from a show that we did last year with Greg Vaughn. And so we were talking about how uh, transparency is one of the values that, you know, is really, really important to him. And I asked him, well, how do you actually be transparent as, and as, as a leader? And he talked about all hands meeting that they, they, that they have where they share financial, they actually share financial data on the firm. And I think that for me, that kind of, you know, here, here's something that we espouse transparency and we are going to be transparent, I think is, is, um, is the, is, is really, really um, uh, authentic. It really resonates with the employees in your organization when you, when you do what you say that you'll do. Another great example from the same interview with Greg was um, where he talked about an obligation to dissent and having a value of allowing people to challenge, challenge each other and challenge leadership. And he gave the example of how at some point, you know, he was kind of maybe going through a difficult or stressful time and his colleagues actually pulled him aside and said to him, hey, listen, you're off, you know, and actually told him. And, and I think to me that that speaks to the authenticity of, of the value and how that's showing up in his organization. So modeling, once again, easy, fast, cheap, um, and, and really gets the job done. And the one question that I think is, is very about, valuable to ask about modeling cultural values is, well, how do you institutionalize that? How do you make that scalable? Besides just having the individual conversation with yourself and your executive team about, you know, let's make sure that we model, model our cultural values. How do you actually make it into something that can be institutionalized? Great expressions that we, uh, a dental service organization that we interviewed a couple weeks ago, talked about a way, one of the best ways that, that I've heard of, of doing this. And what they do is they have an all-hands meeting at all of their locations every morning where uh, they talk about one of their, their values. Um, I think one of them from the interview with Rich was, was a, the power of one. And they ask each person to talk about how that, that value showed up in their in their day or in their work the previous day, and um, talk about how they could potentially um, be even better at demonstrating de- demonstrating the power of one in their in their day to day work. And those kinds of um, institutionalized, organized gatherings to discuss and indoctrinate people into specific values, I think, work very well. And it's something that can be done at at scale. So. For example, the Great Expressions is doing those talks every day, those all-hands meetings every day at each of their locations. It can also be done at the executive leadership level. Those kinds of conversations are very, I think, relatively simple to institutionalize once you've made the commitment to have them. So the, that was, you know, discussion around modeling and, and how to um, model the, the cultural values. The, the second one I want to talk about a methodology of actually closing the distance between what you say you want your values to be and how they show up is is what I call throwing money at the problem. So this is the um, compensation, benefits, programs, and incentives, and fairly straightforward. I, I I you know if you want something or if something's important to you, we all know that we have to pay for it. So 
making sure that, for example, if you want people to be healthy, you know, there are all kinds of programs and incentives around, you know, paying people to stop smoking and having contests for people to lose weight. I mean, you're all, I, I think many of you are familiar with that, but it works. It does work. On a number of occasions, I've asked, well, what's a reasonable amount of budget or money to invest in these kinds of efforts? You know, if you're going to throw money at getting people to, to, to espouse these values, what's a reasonable amount of investment to make? And um, I've heard varying percentages. Some people say like whatever, you know, 20% of whatever their um, payroll or um, kind of people part of their budget is, they invest in, in these kinds of things. But most everybody has said for those of those people who value culture and think that it's important that it's a lot, you know, it's it should be a significant financial commitment that's made as well. And sometimes that isn't just um, pure compensation. It can be the investment in the time that you take to speak with people. In the Matt Kelly, Dave Wallens interview, once again, one of the things that Matt says that he does is he physically goes around and talks to people. And of course, for an executive, that's a huge investment of time, but it's very much paying off for them. Um, as you may recall from that interview, exploring has been on the Inc. 500, 5,000 for, I think, at least five out of the past, I think, maybe eight or so years. So it's obviously paying it off for them. A third way of, of you know, kind of not getting on the road to hell when it comes to, to core values, you know, staying on the, the, the right side of the path and, and being in integrity with regard to what you say that you want to be from a cultural standpoint is, is training. And I don't find training used as much in mid-sized companies of the size that are on CEO exclusive, typically seen the, you know, kind of sweeping training efforts used more at, at enterprise size firms. But you can imagine codifying your, your values. You know, maybe there needs to be an adjustment. Maybe your company has grown like Uber, <laughs> grown very quickly. And there needs to be some kind of truing up of, of what your cultural values are. And you've done some research and you've found, you know, what people really feel are experiencing on the ground. And then you have some sort of cultural, cultural design effort. Then you can imagine having a training or a series of trainings to have workshops and people have, have people come to be, together, create events and experiences where people, one, get an alignment on what these values mean for your company and two start to have discussions on well how do we implement the values you know how do they actually show up how do we want them to show up in the way we treat our treat each other at, at our company and how we treat each other um, in, in the field and how we treat our customers and treat our vendors and treat everybody and then three you know making the commitment to implementing them over the long term so those kind of trainings, um, I, I, I have a kind of mixed relationship to them. I, uh, in um, some research that I was doing, um, Harvard Business Review says that those kinds of change management sweeping efforts are marginally successful, I think 54% of the time. Um, so it's kind of a 50-50 crapshoot and they tend to be fairly expensive. 
um, because, of course, you're having to invest in facilitation and people to do it. And then also you have to invest in the time that you're pulling people off of their off of their um, daily work to do these trainings. And I've found that more often than not, um, they're kind of a flash in the pan. People come together, they talk, they kind of rally together around whatever it is, you know, these kind of feel-good cultural, you know, cultural values, and then they go off and they keep doing whatever they were doing before. So while certainly that's one methodology, I think um, it's not one of my favorites, but people, people use it and it's certainly a tool to keep in your toolkit. So the the last two I want to talk about are a little bit more interest a little bit more interesting I think and I haven't seen as much internal marketing. And this might not be the the best way to describe it. Basically, you have your core values, you know, trust, integrity, customer service, etc. And you actually develop a set of internal messages and and a set of internal communications that sell those cultural values not outside to your customers, but to the people inside the company. I think, I mean, and for me, this this really, I find that this particularly fascinating because at the end of the day, I believe that culture is basically a conversation. It's a conversation between you and the people who work for you and between the people who work for you and then the outside world. And Fundamentally, marketing is just about changing conversations and changing the how, how people think. So this idea of creating a very systematic internal marketing campaign around those specific cultural values, I think, is really fascinating. And there's a company that I've met recently called Gaping Void um, that calls itself a cultural design firm that I think is doing some really exceptional work um, around creating these internal marketing campaigns to actually change culture. And the thing that I think that I I like about Gaping Void that's so interesting is that they make it fun. You know, they make it interesting. They make the discussion about culture engaging um, versus the previous example around training where you have a facilitator, maybe it's even one of the leaders of the company trying to like giving these cultural values out to the to the workforce, the marketing campaign and the way that it that I think it, I've seen it done well is that it allows the workforce to actually embrace and engage with the new conversation, or maybe it's an old conversation, but engage with the discourse around what the culture is in your organization in a really meaningful way. The other thing that I think is particularly effective with the internal marketing campaign is that it's continuous versus either the training or the workshops, which may be kind of a one-time event. Um, the ongoing marketing campaign is something that can be reinforced, you know, daily, weekly, you know, time after time. People go to their computer and they see the the message. They, you know, have it on T-shirts. They have it on paraphernalia that surrounds them. And I think that that indoctrination is much more successful. Okay, so that brings me to the fifth methodology that I think is really effective, you know, that I'm very intrigued by, that it's fairly new, that I haven't seen before, which is is what I'm calling cultural immersion. So you know how when you're trying to learn Spanish or trying to learn some other language, you can go to a cultural immersion course. You can physically go to Spain or go to Mexico and immerse yourself in that culture, and that way you learn the language. And 
as I just mentioned, I believe that culture is really a new discourse. It's a conversation that you're having with people. And so this idea of actually immersing people in the cultural values, I think, is just fascinating. And I think um, it's, it's, it's proving effective. And uh, Gaping Void, this company that I just mentioned, um, includes this as one of the methodologies that they use to reinforce and change culture at the companies that they work for. So the way that it works is, is it's not just talking about the values, but it's actually having the cultural values physically show up in the working environment. And um, this can be done in a number of different ways. Um, you can actually have displays that then have people have an emotional experience of, of that cultural value. You can, um, you can imagine having the, the um, stand-up meeting that I just mentioned that um, some people do where they kind of inculcate people into, the, into a particular core value. You can also imagine having like a, uh, a display that illustrates how that value could show up in your, in your business. And so the, the principle, um, and maybe I'll discuss it more in the blog on Thursday, the principle is actually having this thing, having integrity show up or having trust show up as a physical presence in, in the place where you work. And where people, where you conduct business. And the reason why, uh, you know, cultural immersion, I think, is, is effective and I think intriguing is that um, most human beings are, are experiential. We're experiential creatures. So, you know, having the experience of transparency, for example, in the Greg Vaughn example, where the, the leadership is transparent, is much more effective than just having someone say, well, you know, transparency is something that's important to us here. And um, the more that the the environment reinforces that that um, that value, the more likely that people are going to remember it when there's an opportunity for them to demonstrate transparency or integrity or trust or any of those cultural values that we all love um, in real life when they're you know dealing with our customers. So those are the five different methodologies that I've I, I've found um, and seeing I'm seeing and I'm hearing on the show that you all are working with to close the gap between what you say that you want in terms of culture and, and how it shows up in, in real life in your businesses. So once again, there's modeling, you know, you physically, you know, through your behavior, transferring the value to, values to your executive leadership and having them transfer them to your, to your employees. There's the two throwing money at the problem, you know, benefits, bennies and programs and incentives. There's training, you know, workshops and events. I mentioned also internal marketing efforts. And then the fifth is, is this cultural immersion. I want to close, uh, as I have in, in, in these kinds of exploratory discussions with a few questions for you that I think will be helpful as you consider and, and bring this dialogue and this, these thoughts into, into, your, uh, into your companies. So the first is, what, what are your core values? I know that you know you, you have them. And you may have them enshrined someplace in, in your company. But first question is, what are they? And then the second is, is how well does your company actually do at exhibiting, exhibiting those core values? And you can do the gut check that I mentioned at the beginning of the show, or as I suggested, I think it's very valuable for, for you to take an empirical, empirical approach to validating whether or not 
it, it's really true that those cultural values are showing up. Then, you know, once you have a sense of, of where you are base, from a baseline, I would ask, you know, how well are you modeling those, those values on, in your day-to-day interactions? And then how well is your executive leadership, who's going to be your first, you know, first line of defense, how well is your executive leadership actually doing and modeling all of those values? And I would encourage you, you know, in your next leadership meeting, whether or not it's a retreat or you know, one of your monthly executive leadership meetings, to have this conversation with them um, and, uh, and talk about how you can model, model these behaviors. And the reason why is, as I mentioned, it's the simplest, cheapest, and most effective way to get, to get the culture, culture um, reinforced in your, in your organization. And then, you know, as a, as a CEO, I would urge you to, to really think for yourself, like, how can you support your executive leadership, you know, on a day-to-day basis and mod- modeling the cultural values? And then finally, I would ask, you know, of the strategies that I've mentioned, or, you know, maybe there are others that I haven't, and I would love to hear from you if you would share those with me. Um, how well are you, uh, are, are, are you using some of the other tools that I mentioned in, in uh, effectively implementing uh, your cultural values at, at your at your companies. So with uh, with those questions, I'll leave you to to think those over. As you uh, you guys know, we have a blog that comes out on on Thursdays where we're going to capture all these things. So if you're on the treadmill or you're driving, you don't have to rush to try to write any of those down. We'll have them in the blog for you on Thursday, and you can find that on LinkedIn. And very soon, very soon, you'll be able to also find that um, on our on our new CEO exclusive website, which should be coming here shortly in a few few weeks or so. So you've been listening to CEO Exclusive, where you get emerging trends from CEOs and their most trusted advisors. I'm your host, Soyini Koch. And today I've been exploring um, culture, um, which is what we typically tackle in the second half of our show. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a prosperous, productive, and very profitable week. Thanks. This show is brought to you by Anona Enterprises, where strategy is your access to money and performance. Learn more at anonaenterprises.com.